Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. up guys welcome back to the podcast welcome back to unwinding how are we doing how are we feeling i'm in a great mood today okay because i'm alive and i'm healthy and the chemicals in my brain said let's let's give her a good day you know what i mean i'm just kidding but not really but i really am in a great mood i'm a little tired though a bitch is a little tired i had kind of a late night last night which is unusual for me for a monday night today's tuesday normally i record my intros wednesday but tomorrow we have a lot going on, which we'll talk about. So today's Tuesday, July 26th, 10.44 a.m. Because if you're new here for some fucking reason, I feel like I always need to tell you the date and time of when I'm recording the introduction. I don't know why. I just like to do it, okay? So I'm going to live my best life. I'm a little tired today because I went to dinner last night with a friend and I got in bed by like midnight, which is just not something I would do on a Monday. But, you know, it's like a friend who doesn't live here and etc whatever and so um i got into bed at like midnight and then my usual recipe of like fake scenarios to fall asleep it just wasn't working out for me like my brain just wouldn't go to sleep i tried everything and nothing was working which is like the worst fucking thing when you're like exhausted you're so tired but you just can't fall asleep why does that happen i don't understand that's one of the things in life that i just will never understand what do you guys do when you're like super super tired but like you can't fall asleep usually i do like my little melatonin if it's like a long if it's been a long day and i've caffeinated a little too much i'll do melatonin and cbd sometimes i try not to do that though and just leave that for like the very intense days but anyway um nothing was working for me my fake scenarios weren't working my podcast wasn't working i'll put a podcast on i'll watch a show um i know none of these things are good because like you're not supposed to be turning lights on and off late at night i know dr huberman would not be pleased to hear this but anyway I also haven't been reading at night and I feel like get back into that because nothing puts me to sleep like reading a little something at the end of the night. You know what I mean? Anyway, I finally passed out at like two in the morning, got about five hours of sleep. So like not ideal, but we're rolling with it. We're rolling on like adrenaline today because tomorrow is launch day for Manana Times M Club. And by the time you're listening to this, launch day is already over and hopefully it was amazing. I'm not even gonna say hopefully. I know it's gonna be amazing. I'm just so fucking excited about it. I can't believe it's here. I literally Really can't believe it's here so anyway um yeah gonna be a busy few days what is that noise can you guys hear that 
Oh, it's my diffuser. She makes a little noise. I don't know if you can hear. I can really hear it because when I when I record, I put these like big daddy headphones on and you can hear fucking everything. Like I could hear just everything. And it makes that little like bubbling noise. Can you hear it? Anyway, it smells amazing, I will say. It's Santal, by the way. It's like this little Santal diffuser thing that I get off Amazon and it makes my whole apartment smell amazing. You guys got to get on it. I have it on my... um storefront or whatever i'll link it i'll link it for you if you want if you want to i don't know have a little santal in your life okay so one of the most downloaded slash listen to episodes on the podcast is my episode with friendship coach danielle bayard jackson on friendships obviously um if you haven't listened to that episode i'll have it linked in the show notes for you i think you'll love it we get into a lot of like the foundational topics regarding friendships like making new friends as an adult and her advice is not what you think she's not going to tell you to go to a spin class and talk to people after your spin class i really value my conversations with her because she has such a way with words and i just love the perspectives that she brings to all these topics so with that said i'm so excited to have her back on the podcast for round two we definitely built off our first conversation and i tried to outline this episode using the struggles and questions that you guys sent me when i told you i was recording with her it's crazy because when i was putting together the questions and just trying to draw the similar um, topics that i wanted to get into in this conversation so many of the same issues kept coming up so again i just am here to remind you that if you ever feel alone in the things that you are dealing with and that you're struggling with like let me just tell you there are so many people feeling the same things it's just it's so cool to be on the receiving end and to see the things that people are struggling with not that i want to see people struggling but like it's cool to see like holy fuck like so many of us feel the same shit and deal with the same shit so anyway let's get into this episode i hope you guys enjoy i hope there's something in here you needed be sure to give her some love follow her on ig listen to her podcast everything will be linked for you and that's it let's get into this episode with danielle i'm so excited to have you back people loved the first episode because i feel like we did such a good job at just hitting like the groundwork you know like making new friends friendship breakups like covering just kind of like the bases that so many people struggle with and so now i would kind of like to build off of that a little bit i asked my audience what themes or what questions or what struggles they were having in terms of friendships and a lot of the same uh, concepts kept coming up one of them being reciprocity i would love to hear your thoughts on there being like an imbalance of who is dedicating and inputting more into the friendship because i know communicating our needs is important where where do we draw the line of like okay i've communicated a few times and i don't really see a change like maybe i'm just not as close to them as i thought i was or oh so many thoughts and first let me say i think the reason why our first episode went so well you had such thoughtful questions and you did such a great job of like curating questions from your audience so i love that you've made this show something that's very responsive to listeners is really beautiful so um i think that's why our, our first experience was such a good one um but yeah okay so i love this question because honestly if i had to list like the top three things that people bring me as a friendship coach the issue of reciprocity is always up there. Always. We yeah. always feel like, man, I feel like I initiate more than my friends. I feel like I give more. So I first like to start by clarifying that there are different ways where we're looking for balance sometimes in our friendships. It could be in terms of initiation. I feel like I'm starting the, the interactions a lot more often. It could be an energy. 
I feel like I'm like more enthusiastic and more invested than they are. Um, time, emotions. Um, on a phone call, we feel like we're listening more, carrying more of the emotional weight. And so whenever you start to realize, gosh, I feel like I'm, I'm giving more than this other person, there's a couple things. So there's no right answer. I'll just say a couple things to consider is what I like to offer. Mm-hmm. The first is consider the fact that you're always going to be privy to your experience and narrative more than theirs. So you're always going to feel like you're doing more than them. And I've seen that uh, titled the responsibility bias. I'm always going to be more aware of how much I contribute, but I'll never really know all the ways in which you contribute. Um, That's the first thing. The second thing I like to suggest is to look at the difference in the ways that people contribute. So maybe you're really hyper-focused on initiative because that matters to you. You you want to feel valued by having this person um, start, right? And show you they desire you by reaching out first, right? So that's important to you. So you're hypersensitive to it. But do they contribute by, you know, always offering to come pick you up? Or they're like, hey, the first drink's on me. Or when you need somebody to listen, you know that they're going to come through. And can you find a way to count that? Is, is the second thing to just think about. Um, and the third thing is, you know, have you communicated that? Um, I think the way you do it is important. So you're going to want to avoid, you know, I just feel like I'm always giving more than you are because that's accusatory and anybody's going to defend because essentially you're calling me selfish. You're saying I take advantage. Yeah. So I'm going to defend myself. But you want to say it in a way that invites. So, and, and it shows curiosity. So I might say, Hey, you know, I feel like I'm always, you know, I'm, I know that I reach out a lot to tell you I want to go to brunch and do all these things, but I'm sure you have ideas too. And I'm probably like hogging all the, you know, the airtime. I'm always dominating and, and being bossy. Girl, what, what what do you want to do? Let me ask. Or how about next week? Can you let me know what you want to do um, next week when we get together? Because my message is the same. My message is it's your turn. The way I'm saying is, you know what? I'm always taking the reins and I'm sure you've got some ideas too. I'd love to hear them. The message is the same. And so, you know, if you do find that you want to let a person know, just think about how you say it, um, but never feel ashamed to ask for what it is you need. It's not what you say, but how you say it. I could not agree more. And I think something you were mentioning in the first point was we all feel wanted and desired in different ways, right? And I think people forget as well that, especially as you get older, we have life piles more things onto you. So maybe the way that I was once showing you love or showing you validation or whatever, maybe I can't, I don't have the capacity to do it in that same way right now. And so I think that's something that we should all, we can all probably be more mindful of is like, well, we're all going through different seasons, right? Like if I'm in a great place, it doesn't mean everybody else is in a great, great place and vice versa. I think understanding people's love languages and also how they can potentially change sometimes and kind of vary is super important. And this also goes into the next thing that I wanted to hear your thoughts on is the whole concept of like friendship tears. So how you know you have like your best friends. And I mean, it's semantics, right? Like ultimately what matters is the depth that you have. I understand that. But just for the sake of ease, you know how you have like your best friends and then maybe you have like close friends as well. Then you have like friends and then maybe acquaintances is how maybe people would categorize it. First of all, what are your thoughts on that in general? And do you think it's important to kind of know where you stand in other people's lives? Because I think when you do, I don't know, it's, I feel like sometimes people make the mistake of thinking they're a little bit closer than they might be or, and then they expect too much and then they're disappointed or, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, I think it's something that 
is nebulous, but also important to know? Yeah. Oh, such a good question. And I would say at the root of a lot of conflict sometimes or discomfort in a friendship is feeling like, okay, do we prioritize each other in the same way? And there's actually research that focuses on gender differences in our friendship preferences. And women value prioritization more than men. Meaning it is important to me that if I see you as my number one, you see me as your number one. We may not say it. We may not even realize it. No. It feels good to us. You know. Yeah, it feels good to us. We know. We know when it's off. We yeah. Know, right. Um, and so, you know, this isn't, I always say this isn't very reassuring, but you know, there's research that, that suggests that only half of our friendships are reciprocal and not to say like only half your friends like you, but maybe, you know, um, I rank you as like a level eight out of 10, 10 being the top. I might rank you as like a level eight in my life. And you rank me as kind of like a level five in your life. Does that mean I'm any less worthy or interesting or valuable or lovable as a person? No, but maybe because you have more people in your life or because you have another go-to person because of y'all shared history, I don't fit into your life the same way that you fit in mine, like a puzzle piece. But my question, and I know this is not going to make everybody feel good, but I, I just, I'll, I want to challenge this. Let me use that phrasing. My question is how much does that really matter to you? I'm not trying to dismiss our feelings. I felt that way before where I kind of have a real realization of like, oh, I guess I'm not, we don't see each other the same. And I see this most prominently when it comes time to select bridesmaids. Women come to me all the time, all the time. Oh my gosh, she didn't ask me to be a bridesmaid. I don't know what to make of that. I don't want to be petty, but and I'm like, girl, it's not petty at all. It's totally valid. But my question to challenge you is this, is if you're getting what you need, you feel connected. She shows up for you. She keeps her word. Y'all have a good time when you get together. Find a way. I know it's hard. Can you find a way to be okay with it? You know, if you see that she's having bestie vacations with somebody else or she's not initiating as much as you'd like, what you are getting, do you enjoy it? Does it satisfy you? Or does it become unsatisfactory when you start to compare or get in your head about, well, does she see me the same way? So, you know, not to be selfish with it, but if it's satisfying at the end of the day, can we find a way to be content with that? Not everybody is going to be able to support you in the exact way you need. And expecting one person to solidify all of your needs is also kind of a lot of pressure. And in my opinion, I don't really want to do that because I know that I can't be that one person for every for every single one of my friends. So I think it's important also to... I don't know. I think sometimes we feel this pressure or maybe I did when I was growing up that it's like everybody has to be like your close, close, close friend. Right. But it's like, no, it's you can have just people that they're like you like to go to lunch with them and that's it. And maybe you don't talk to them for months and that's okay. Or you have like your friends that you go out with or you have your friend that gives you the best advice or you have your best friend that is just like your right. It's okay to like have these different levels of closeness with people. And I love that you pose that question of like, instead of worrying so much about, wow, she's not doing this with me, or I don't feel this with, I don't feel it this way, or my, our friendship doesn't look like that. Think about whatever you are receiving. And it's up to you to decide like, if this is enough for me, then I'm fine. I'm just going to continue on with this friendship. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this is, I don't think we talk about this enough when we have the conversation around friendship, because we're talking about relationship with another person. 
but honest to God, like in the years of doing this and like looking at the research and, and saying like, oh my gosh, all this research says the same thing. It really helps to have a strong sense of self and self-confidence because if that is not strong, you are going to feel a lot of these issues. Now, I, I, I'd like to think I'm like an emotionally mature person. I'd like to think that I'm, you know, relatively strong and even I'm susceptible to these moments. Okay. And this is what I do for a living. Human. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if you find that like your sense of security or self-worth keeps fluctuating based on if a friend responds to your text or if they don't, and if they invited you to the trip and if they don't, now you're thinking what's wrong with you, what's wrong with them. That sounds exhausting. So at some point you do have to be okay with who you are and be anchored in I know I have a lot to offer as a friend. I know I'm interesting and lovable. You have to know that. Otherwise, how exhausting will it be? Well, I don't know if she values me the same and she didn't text me back. Well, how come she asked her and not me? That's a lot. So uh, you have to be able to get to a point of like, man, I wish ah, I wish she asked me to come too because that looks really fun. But it is what it is. Or, you know, I, I have a few other friends. I'll go spend time with them this weekend. But again, a lot of that goes back to like, kind of being self-confident as well. But, you know, I, I know that prioritization is a big thing, specifically in women's friendships. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also feel like knowing who you are, I mean, I feel like that develops and happens for people at different rates and at different times. But I think the more that you know yourself and the more that the more comfortable you are with yourself, I mean, that pours into every single relation, friendship, relationship, every single aspect of your life, right? Um, so I love that you touched on that because I talk about that constantly, how the minute – or not the minute, but when I started to work on myself, it's like so cliche, but every all my relationships changed because mm-hmm. the more you know yourself, the more you let other people see you as well. And therefore, there's more depth, there's more vulnerability, there's more connection, et cetera. Another another topic that always comes up is jealousy and competitiveness. Before we dive into this, I want to know what you think. Is there, like, to what degree is a little bit of jealousy human nature? Do you know what I mean? Like, let's pretend with your best friend. Let's say you generally don't feel feelings of jealousy with her. You, You guys have a beautiful, healthy relationship, Okay. Not perfect, but none is. Just a nice, healthy relationship and you love each other, you support each other. Let's say she just, I don't know, she got proposed to or she just got landed this dream job that you would love or she, I don't know, whatever, fill in the blank. Like to what degree is a little sprinkle of like, oh, like it stings a little bit or is it still something that is like a red flag? Mm, Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. You know, I actually looked up the other day because I was like, okay, you know, when I, you know, start creating more YouTube videos or TikTok videos, what are people searching on on Google with regard to friendship? What are they searching right now? And I was going into Google Trends and when you type in female friendship, it's paired with jealousy. And I just thought that's so interesting that that's like a top thing. So, um, so I'm not surprised to hear that this is a pressing question for you and your listeners. You know, uh, when it comes to what we call negative emotions, anger, jealousy, sadness, they still serve a purpose and they're still there to direct us to something. And so if I find that I'm jealous or really, I guess, envious, because the difference between jealousy and envy, and I know when I'm speaking about jealousy, I kind of use it both ways too, but envious means like it's between two people. So I want what you have envious. And in our friendships, we're worried about that, especially in women's friendships. Jealous involves three people. That means I feel that something I have is threatened by this other person coming along. So jealousy is three people and these two people. But I know what you mean. So that that sense of jealousy and envy in a friendship. Man, my friend got the promotion. I love your example. She got the promotion. She's getting married. What the heck? 
it is totally normal to sometimes flinch if you want the same thing and it's not happening for you at the same rate. It could, that's frustrating, you know, like, dang, I really, you know, I would like to take that next step in my relationship. Or like, man, I've been saving for a house and she got this really nice condo. We, we all flinch, right? I think the next step becomes the activity that's paired with it. Do I find that because I'm not really thrilled or that I'm unsatisfied, I'm kind of sabotaging, making little playful jokes that aren't really playful. And we're guilty of it. I've done it and I, I've done it again in, in a season where I thought I was emotionally mature. Um, a friend of mine, I just had my baby and my first child and my friend was talking about uh, this big trip she was gonna go on. Well, at the time money was tight and I just had a baby, I couldn't travel. And she's talking to me about like, she's going to Vegas and they're gonna do all these things. And it was hard in the moment to be like, oh my God, that sounds fun. That No, I was just like, oh, okay, well, that must be nice. That must be really nice. Like it was, it was, it was childish and it was not supportive, but that's how I felt like, mm, must be nice. But why should she feel bad for doing something really fun and great? And it took me a minute and I noticed the air shift and she kind of stopped talking about her excitement about the trip and changed the subject. And in the same time, it, it took me to go in the kitchen to get a bottle to come back out. And I was like, okay. I, okay, so I'm a little salty because I can't do anything right now, but I've never been to Vegas. That's obviously going to be really fun. Like maybe you can make a list for me, like all the spots that you hit. So when I go, I know what to do. And I saw her kind of like, and we were covered, right? But I had to catch myself because that may have been how I feel. I can't change how I feel. But the words that I said in trying to make her feel bad is is wrong and so if you feel that little emotion pop up that's okay but what are you doing with it and if you notice that you need some time away let's say maybe i'm having infertility issues my friend's announcing her third pregnancy you know maybe i do think i need some time away because i'm tender so maybe i you know i can't talk for as long about it or maybe i don't want to go to that certain event because I need a minute, that's okay. But if you find that it's a constant issue in your relationship or you suspect that a friend's jealous, um, this is one of the issues that I address in the book that I'm writing. It's called Fighting for Friendships and it will be out in 2024. But if you suspect a friend might be jealous, the, the one thing I can say is do not call her that. That has never helped. It has never helped to ask a friend, what are you jealous or something? Oh my God, those are fighting words, right? Yeah. Like don't. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Like, unless you're trying to choose violence, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> exactly. Because I think anyone almost, we kind of have the feeling of like, oh, who do you think you're, you know? Totally. So I like to always like focus on the actual tangible thing that you can note. So if you notice that she withdrew from the table when you announced your promotion, if you notice that she made a snarky remark, okay, these are things I can point to unequivocally. Like you can't debate me. You did this thing. I like to point to the tangible things and just say like, hey, I noticed when we were all kind of talking back there. You, you pulled away or you got quiet. Is everything good? Because that's my subtle way of signaling. I noticed. I can see what you're doing. Like, uh-huh. But instead of me accusing you, mm, what are you jealous? It invites you. So you're going to hear this theme again and again. It invites, hey, what's going on? Because she might surprise me and say like, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to do some things in my job too. And they're not really happening for like, so let me invite you. Hey, I noticed this thing. You pull away. Like, are you good? Um, you know, or, you know, maybe you want to tell her how much she means to you. So let's say I bring a, a, my friends over for an apartment tour and I have a really nice apartment. And I notice my friend is kind of making like 
digs at the paint being chipped and like, oh, you got this kind of granite. Ugh, this is not my favorite. Like, why would you get? And it's kind of obvious. I might say th things like, now I know this might not be up to, to your level. I know you got comments about my granite and everything else, girl, but but I, it, it matters to me that you that you came you know, out this way for me to show off my place a little bit. Like, thank you for coming. Like, because killing, it grows people kindness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, girl, like I can be playful. I'm like, okay, I know, I, I know it's not fancy schmancy, honey. Like, I know. Okay. But, I, but you know what? I'm glad you came though. Like, seriously, it matters to me that like you drove out here to, to come see my spot because I'm showing you appreciation. And it's weird to have a snarky comment met with like, man, I appreciate you. It's kind of like, what am I doing? You know, like what, why, why am I like picking this girl apart? Like she's right. So, so it, 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 it it's maybe not natural and it's maybe something you have to work on because it's not going to be the first thing you want to do. You're going to want to call her out um, or be offended or start to think about ending the friendship. Oh, she's jealous. You know what? I can't have friends like that. Well, what happened? That. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. What happens with me with that specifically or what's happened in the past is when I do feel that maybe I shared a win or I shared something that I was excited about, which I, to be totally honest, I don't do that naturally with people that I'm very, very close to. And it's not about them. It's just a me thing. Like I've never been one to be like, oh my God, I just got this brand deal or, oh my God, I just got that. It's not like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just doesn't feel natural to me. So even more so whenever I do do it, if in the past, for whatever reason, it hasn't been received the way that I thought it would be received, I don't really say anything or I haven't said anything. Thank God this doesn't happen to me frequently. Um, but all I did was I was like, okay, well, it's like a men I made a mental note of like I no longer will be like sharing this kind of information with this person because I I don't really want to share things with people if I feel like they're not like genuinely so excited for me. Even, But it's hard when it's like that blurry line where it's like I know they love me and I know they care about me. But for whatever reason, maybe this information is just not sitting right with them. And my one of the quotes that I will never forget was Mel Robbins talking about jealousy. And she said, jealousy is a compass to things you actually want, or it can be a compass to things you want. And it's so true. The things that we feel that sting in typically are, why are you feeling that? Like, if you didn't care about that thing, you wouldn't care. Like, I mean, unless you're a shit person, like you wouldn't care and you'd just be happy for your friend, right? But if you care, it's because inside you're like, damn, like I kind of want, like I'd be down for that. I kind of want that and that's okay. But so we could talk about this for hours and so many people sent in like, you know, I feel like my friends never celebrate my wins or I feel like my best friend sometimes gets weird when I when I share my wins. I feel like I, I tone down the great things that are happening to me because I don't want to make my friend feel uncomfortable. It's like, it's such a, it's such a thing. And obviously it's so situational to navigate, but it's hard, right? It, I think it can be hard at some points. Yeah. And I love that you asked that question. One last thing I'll add, cause I know you got some other um, questions. I'm sure that like really great questions from your uh, followers. Um, that thing about, uh, I don't share with my friends positive things is a very, I'm generalizing, but a woman-centered thing because men do not do that. They generally oh don't God. do that. And Absolutely so, not. Right? It's so so it's so weird because if you heard a guy say like I don't want to brag, they're like, oh my God, got a promotion, drinks on you guys. You know, like they don't care. And so you know, if you are feeling that way, one I would say is it because they made you feel that way, or is it because it's a thing that you kind of have on your own? I would suggest giving them a chance. Um, and I know it's like sometimes maybe we don't know how to bring it up. So one suggestion I'll give there is even say like, okay, so. <sighs> 
I have, I had a little one today and I'm like dying to tell some, like, I need to celebrate with somebody. Can I celebrate with you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That way it's like, of course they want to show up as opposed to a I love random, that. like a random. So I got a promotion today, you know, which you should be able to do that totally. too. Let's be clear. But, um, sometimes just like, oh, okay. So I'm sitting on something. I feel like I need to like celebrate with somebody. And then it makes them also feel like they were nominated. Like, oh yes, I'm the person. Like they feel special. Exactly. So, so just a little thought, but I know that a lot of us struggle with that. No, it's definitely a binary thing. Like we feel always the need to tone things down or always be so mindful of, oh, I don't want to make somebody else feel uncomfortable. And if we ever do want to say something or, you know, hyper ourselves up, we almost feel like we have to disclaim that or it's like, it, it it's, that's a whole other conversation, but I could not agree. <laughs> I could not agree more. We You mentioned com comparison a little bit earlier. And that's something else that I wanted to mention is if somebody is feeling comparative when seeing other people's friendships, especially on social media and the way that they're showcased online, do you think that's signifying a lack in their own friendships? Or is this just potentially like the name of the game with the digital age that we live in where we always have something to compare to if we, ch if we are choosing to do that? You know, or like, oh, I don't have that big friend group or I don't have this or she's do it's it's very easy. You know, if you're looking for something, you're going to find it and you, you can find something to compare to. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100 percent. And there's research to suggest, a, 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 you know, that supports a lot of what you're saying about psychologically. If I'm feeling that I lack something, then my eyes are more attuned to seeing it everywhere. You know, there's some kind of, you know, title for that. I, I forget the name of it. Um, and then also we've heard a thousand times, oh, you're comparing your behind the scenes to their highlight reel. All oh, that's true. You know, there, um, if you're, if you're finding that you're always comparing, you're like, well, I just can't stop. I can't help, but see what they're, they've got going on and look at what I got. Here's, you know, as a coach, I'm big on the tangible. So a therapist is maybe going to kind of walk you through. I'm going to help you see like, okay, what can you do? And and then me personally, I know some coaches don't take this route, but for me, I love to have it rooted in, in evidence. So, you know, I'm not just giving you my opinion. So research says that when you compare, one way to stop doing it is, is there's two things you can do. There's two parts. The first is to see the person you're comparing to as your peer instead of on a pedestal above you. So remind yourself, wait a second, this person is, is this girl with all these friends and doing all these cool things. She's, um, she's, we're on the same level. And then the second thing is force yourself to identify similarities. So instead of like, God, well, she's, um, so extroverted and she's got like all these friends. She's always doing really cool things. Like I don't have that. Instead, it's like, hold on a second. She is on this, like we're on the same level. And she um, is going to concerts with her friends and the beach with her friend. And I literally love concerts. I love the beach and I love being a coordinator in my friend group. Like I, I can do this too. Like I can, I can make that happen for myself. So as much as you can remind yourself that she's a peer and then identify the ways that you're the same, it helps to kind of stop the negative comparisons. I think when we see somebody doing something, whether it's having more friends or having this kind of friend or doing that or going here, whatever, I like to think of like, well, if they're doing it, that means there's room for me to do something similar as well. I think comparison is one of the shittiest parts of social media and I but I think it's up to us how we navigate it I think it's we're like I always say like we're not robots it's okay if you you know fall into it sometimes but I think it's like what you do with that information because you could sit and just wallow in that or you could say okay this is just signifying to me that this is something that I want clearly or maybe there's a lack in my life or something like this a can I do something about it and b 
instead of being upset about it, seeing somebody else do something like that or have these kinds of friends or, or you know, whatever it is, I try to just get inspired and be like, okay, wow, like there's room for me as well. There's room for me for these things as well. If somebody else has these things, then maybe I can work towards these things as well, you know? Agree. Totally agree. Okay, let's get into a little rapid fire uh, questions that the audience sent in. A lot of long distance friendships, best tips to like maintain them, keep them just as strong because obviously it can get, you know, it can get hard. If you can't see each other all the time. Yeah. So if we're doing rapid fire, one is you're going to have to be more intentional. I know it's really unsexy, but putting things on the calendar, treating her like you're dating her and sending her things in the mail. Like maybe you send her a bottle of wine. You're like, okay, we're cracking this on Friday night so we can watch our show together. You know, virtually you have to do more. Yes. Otherwise she's going to fade. And and that's what happens, unfortunately. So I would say, keep her top of mind, put things in the calendar, treat her like you're dating her. And then hopefully you guys can maintain the relationship. My, one of my best friends lives in Toronto and we, one of our love languages is we'll Uber eats each other, just like random things. Like if she's having a, she's having a great day, I'm like, I'll just send her like cookies or something. She'll send me my favorite coffee stuff like that. Like I have her address on my, like one of my most used addresses on my Uber Eats. Um, so love that. Uber Eats is great. Okay. Somebody said, is it okay that I have really high standards after being burned many times in the past? People tell me that I expect demand too much, but I'm just protective by what's happened, which I thought was a great question. That's such a great question. And I always say, okay, I'm going to stay in my lane because I'm a coach, not a therapist. However, I will just say that you have to think about when we put boundaries sometimes because we've been hurt. And this is from a, a um, an interview I did with um, Amanda White, who owns the Instagram account Therapy for Women. Okay. So she specifically said that sometimes when we've been hurt, our boundaries, we make really firm and really strong to make sure that never happens again, but it's only keeping more people out because it's, it's not attainable. So asking yourself, okay, where can I flex this boundary or can I get to a certain point or with certain people, I flex it a little bit, but make sure your boundary is not because you're trying to completely prevent ever being hurt, which is not something you can avoid. If you're going to be in relationship with other people, you cannot avoid being hurt unintentionally or unintentionally, we hurt each other. And the closer you get, the greater likelihood that this person's going to have the power to hurt you. And so I would just say, look at how, if that boundary so far has been fruitful for you, or if it's only been painful for you to have that boundary. And I think that'll tell you what you need to know. Thoughts on, somebody said having one of my best friends got a boyfriend and I'm, I've been completely dropped, which I know is such, that's a whole, that could be an episode in and of itself. But if you had to say something to the best friend who's feeling completely dropped, like they dropped her like it was hot, what would you say? Yes. Okay. So now factually, that does tend to happen. At, at least I'll say, you know, if anybody new is entering a person's life, you only have like, uh, you know, limited time. That's a limited resource and limited mental energy. So we choose how we want to spend that, right? So naturally, if you throw in another factor in the mix, the factor being the boyfriend, it's going to decrease the resources that get to filter out to her other, you know, uh, commitments. So that's going to happen. However, if we're noticing she's canceling plans at the last minute, not answering the phone, not to not okay. It's not at all. Okay. It doesn't matter if she got a new job, boyfriend, um, even baby to completely cut off communication and be like, well, and then we're supposed to be understanding because we're like, well, it's a relationship and that is important to people. No. Now, again, let's invite and get curious. I would suggest reaching out to her, being vulnerable and saying, 
okay, I, so you got a man and forgot about me now. You know, like it can be playful or we can just kind of go with a softer. So I miss you. I haven't seen you in a while. Um, and I would love to get connected again. Let me know when you have some time instead of inserting our speculation. Oh, you know, you got him and things change. Cause now it looks like I'm directing hostility toward him. So maybe you can keep that person as a non-factor. Hey, haven't seen you in a while. Really miss us. When can we get together again? There's so much to catch you up on, um, to let her know, because if your friend has, if you have knowledge that your friends feel uh, like they've been discarded and you, yeah. And you do yeah. nothing to change it. I think that's more telling. Absolutely. Thoughts on forgiving yourself after you do something that hurt somebody and like a friend in your life. Cause that can be so challenging. I think to do. I appreciate that question so much because I do podcast interviews all the time and it is rare that people say I messed up. How can I recover? even though we mess up all the time, um, but we tend to put ourselves in victim mode a lot. So anyway, um, a couple of things. One, if a part of your healing process um, is being delayed because you have not tried to make amends with the person, that's the first thing to do. Some of us can't forgive ourselves because we never tried to make things right with this person. We maybe like faded away or we created distance because we're like, well, she's probably mad at me, so I'm not going to go over there anymore. So because of that, we didn't say, we didn't give a good apology. One and say, hey, I apologize for that. That was not okay. And I don't know, you know, if it, if it did too much damage, but I need you to know that I personally feel like that wasn't okay. And I'm sorry. I mean, some of us have not done that. And that's a part of why you feel so bad. Um, the second thing could be because, um, again, going to that self-confidence thing. So we are worthy and lovable despite making mistakes. You are going to make mistakes. So instead of holding a high standard for yourself, like trying to be a perfect friend, and then we do something that blemishes that, and now we can't get over it. And we ruminate about like, God, what does this say about me that I would do that? Instead of think about what can I do differently moving forward? Like if I had the situation again, or if I have it again, what am I going to do differently? Mm, okay. I got it. I got it. God, I hate that I, that I did that, but it's over and I know exactly what to do next time. That's proven to help you end rumination. If you decide what would I have done differently in that moment and what am I going to do in the future, when you can identify those, you're less likely to keep on ruminating. So do that to kind of get yourself out of the pit of unforgiveness. I love that. I love that you always give us questions to ask ourselves with all these things because yeah. no, I, I genuinely <laughs> love that because I always say, I, I've said it so many times, it's there's nothing like getting curious with yourself. Because you can answer so many, like figure so many of the of these things out by just sitting for a second and like asking these questions to yourself or like journaling about it or even just giving yourself the space to think about these things. So I love how you answer all these questions. It always just leaves me feeling like so inspired. And I know the audience is going to love, love this episode. I know our time is up, but the last question that I like to ask people is a little homework assignment for you. So nothing to do with friendship or it can be, but how... Are you going to be 1% kinder to yourself this week? Just 1%. Oh, me personally? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, oh gosh. That's a, God, okay. That's a solid question. How am I going to be kinder to myself? Um, That's a great question. Well, right now, I guess I'm, I guess I'm struggling a little bit. Uh, I didn't know this was going to be a therapy session. I guess I'm struggling <laughs> a little no, bit. That's, not, that's why I say the 1% because I don't want to make anyone right. feel pressured. Right. That's so good. I like the way you worded it. Uh, I think right now I'm struggling because there, there, if 
there is so much to do and it feels like everything's equally important and equally urgent. And so by extension, I'm always going to feel like I'm not doing a good job balancing it. So I think the 1% thing I can do is try to be more present in the space that I'm in instead of not being able to enjoy it because I should be somewhere else too. So I think the 1% thing I can do is just find a way to like enjoy the moment that's happening right now and focus on the next moment when the next moment pops up. And that is something I will do. And I so appreciate you asking that because it's going to force me to be accountable. I love it. That's the whole point. I love it. Um, Thank you so much. Where can people find you? Where can people listen to your podcast? Tell us everything. Yeah. So the podcast is called Friend Forward. And then anything that people are curious about can be found at betterfemalefriendships.com. I'm so excited for your book also. Oh yeah. I'm excited too. It seems so far away. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's in bookstores in 2024. And I appreciate any woman who's like told me her story or anything like that. I mean, I'm putting it all in there. So at betterfemalefriendships.com slash book, if you're listening and you have a friendship story too i mean give it to me i'd love to include it everything will be linked thank you so 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 much and have a beautiful weekend it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.